Welcome to issue 10 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as the so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Mustafa. Hello. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. And with us as well, of course, is Steve. How you doing, Daniel? I'm great. I'm absolutely great. It's our 10th issue, Daniel. What do you have to say about that? Oh, that is so awesome. 10th. Huh. It's the the 10th anniversary. The 10th anniversary. That's right. Well, it's only appropriate that we celebrate what I think Rhino's suit is made out of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've come 10 podcasts. I can't believe it. 10. 10. Do we have 10 listeners or is it still like two? I think, I, think, well. I think we're still less than one listener per episode, but... No, we've got to be oh. at least up to five at this point. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you know what the listeners tune in for? They always want to know what is on Mustafa's mind. What's on your mind tonight? I'm glad you asked. On my mind tonight is that political extremism involves two prime ingredients, an excessively simple diagnosis of the world's ills, and a conviction that there are identifiable villains in the back of it all. Now we're getting, wow. Yeah. That's like maybe too real right now. Yeah. I, I thought we'd take a little diversion. No, that was good. Fantasy. That was good. That was good. Yeah. We got we got political. We got political in the last one, too. I think we, you know, maybe that's who we are. It's a we podcast about comic books. and. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they not reflections of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the political sensibility of the time? They'd like to be. Right. So what's that from, Mr. That is a saying by a gentleman called John W. Gardner. He was Secretary of Health, Education and Welfare under President Lyndon Johnson. And after he left government, he became the father of campaign finance reform because he thought that the campaign finance system was leading to political extent. What a uh, silly thought that was. It turned out to be true at all. No. (laughs) He he founded Common Cause, if you know about that. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. All yeah. Right. Let's keep All right. So let's go to our side scheme. So not very long ago, we, we uh, said some off the cuff things about the new heroic mode. Uh, and we had never actually played it or tried it, which is, I thought, I find that to be the best time to criticize something when you don't yes. actually know what you're right. talking about. Right. We, sure. But just first impressions, yeah, first, first impressions <laughs> always work best. Oh, and they always count the most. Yeah. We call that a hot take, right? Hot takes. So that was our hot take on the last issue. But now one of us has actually experienced heroic mode, has been a true hero, which I think is actually it's the villain is in heroic mode, really. Right. Yeah. Because they're acting kind of like, like, you know, good. So Steve, tell us about it. Right. So I played uh, two heroic mode games, two player. We played Rhino. Like, I want to see how it plays in Rhino. We we put in the Doomsday Chair Encounter set. So you you did the FFG challenge? I know theirs is Claw, level three. Claw, right. Right, right. so okay. we just wanted to do Rhino. So we did Rhino on Expert, mm-hmm. which is how you play Heroic Mode, with the Doomsday Chair. No other house rules. It did not play Critical Encounters house rules. I played, oh. right, because I just want to see straight up straight sure. up rules. I played Absolutely. Iron Man Protection and Captain Marvel Justice. Uh, actually, I played, I played Captain Marvel. My friend was playing Iron Man. Okay. So our first game, we're like, okay, Rhino is Cabbage Soup. So we played 
<laughs> we played Rhino Heroic Level 2. And to remind everyone, that is you and you and your buddy are getting three encounter cards per turn, right? Yeah, two, three, uh, three each. Yeah, two, two additional each. cards each. Uh, okay. At the end of round one, Rhino had killed Captain Marvel. First round. Wow. First round, because um, okay. uh, a regular attack, an assault, and a gang up. Toast. Boom. Bam. Just right. done. That'll do it. Yep. Uh, you know. You know what your what your mistake was. You didn't play Captain Marvel protection. Right. Right. Which you should have. I and did you not have. Didn't have your helmet on. I did not have you my have helmet. helmet on. And you would have no. defended yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. you play Rhino Expert, he starts with his side scheme, which is a hazard. You would be drawing four cards if you're playing Heroic Two, but we managed to thwart that off. So it was like, oh, this is a great start. Nope. Dead. So we scoop, we we just scooped, started over. So he said, "All right, let's play Rhino Heroic Level One." Okay. Uh, right. Same same setup. Doomsday. Everything. We were playing. We were doing okay. Seemed like we were all right. We had a good start. Uh, but when the game ended, Rhino had a tough status token on him. He was wearing his armor that had gotten one point of damage on the armor, and Rhino had taken no damage the entire game. He schemed out. He hit that 14 threat like no joke. We we couldn't. We just couldn't wow. keep up with the extra card. Yeah. And we were getting, we had MODOK out with a biometric thing. Both of MODOK Doomsday Chair side schemes were out. So it was two acceleration tokens. So we're putting four on a turn. Those two extra cards, it makes, made a difference even on okay. that level one. Now, we might have had a bad All draw right. or whatever, but I do think we may have poo-pooed a little early on now, raising the difficulty. Okay. Now, in my defense, in my defense. Yeah. I, I merely argued that it was an inelegant solution, not that it wouldn't make the game harder. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, Mustafa, you'd say kind of the same, right? Like, it was more yeah, like, I, they could have said, they could have thought yeah. of something more creative. I, yeah, I, I agree. It could have, there could be something more creative, but we did not have to remember any extra rules. Like, I think sure. maybe we have a different idea of the word elegant, because it was... <laughs> it was streamlined. It played, and the games didn't really take much longer. I didn't think because we just lost that much faster. So I mean, normally we you beat Rhino. It's not even a thought, right? But no, this was it was a. I think it's worth well, to try. I say go. Well, do then it. let me ask you this, Steve. If if Heroic won Rhino, is that hard? <laughs> I don't know how. Is you do this it. is this really the solution? It might be. It might be. Well, um, I because think you want to you want to meet somewhere in the middle, not. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, like, make the game challenging, not either a cakewalk or impossible. Yeah, I mean, we were playing Iron Man Protection, you know, so we could have had a Doomsday Chair. I think there's a middle ground there. Maybe okay. we could have the. there's a puzzle to fi figure out, I think. Um, yeah. I definitely think it would be worth trying if you think the game's too easy. Sure. You just do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do, do think, I, I do generally yeah. think it's too easy, so... Uh, and we, like yeah. I said, we maybe we got a bad set, but we there was a run round where two of my cards, the two cards I drew had surged, so it was like four cards, right? right? On top of and we went through our deck, I went through my deck twice maybe. I mean we were we were playing, we just kept getting Sandman, and I mean he doesn't have a lot of their minions in his deck, but they were they were coming up, and he went through his deck faster, so his acceleration tokens came out quicker. So it's definitely uh, something to well. try. It definitely seems to be injecting what the villains have always needed uh, is you know some some capacity to make a respectable showing. Yes. Whether it's too far in that direction or not, I think we'll have to 
you know, try it a few more times. It does still feel like a bit of a sledgehammer approach, but right. you know, maybe maybe simplicity does have its advantages. Yeah, it, the nice um, thing was you were not trying to remember, oh, what's this other trigger? Or I wonder if there's you know something to do with acceleration tokens or something to do with the per player yeah. amount that you can change. Or... Yeah, I did like too that this solution, or at least this these modes have no additional content required. You're playing with oh. what you have, so that that's nice. Well, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, one of us now knows what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, don't go that far. I don't far. know about you, but don't, I don't, don't know about go you, that far. But uh, I still, I still would like to keep myself firmly in the realm of ignorance in my criticism. Ignorance has never hurt anyone. Nope. Nope. I, I hear it's bliss. I hear it's bliss. Totally. But issue ten is not just about heroic mode. In fact, it's about much more than that. It's the origin story. That's right, and uh, we did. Um, I played the Doomsday Chair because we are going to talk about Modok and the Doomsday Chair, right? Oh, I'm so excited for this. Tell us, tell, tell us, us about this, Steve. Out. Yeah. All right, so well, let's just start with Modok in all capital letters, right? Uh, the mental organism designed only for killing. Wow, really? Yep. Okay. So here's a little quote by George Tarleton. All right, to start us off, uh, he said, "I worked for AIM." I didn't know they were bad people. I thought it exciting science. Then one day, four of them grabbed me. They injected me, pushed me in a chamber. It hurt so bad. It hurt. And then, and then, it's all the nightmares after that. Wow. That's George Tarleton becoming MODOK. Originally, MODOK was M-O-D-O-C, the mental organism designed only for computing. Okay. He doesn't become MODOK with a K until a little later. That's... Well, wait, can we, can we back up a bit? Yeah. Was this guy ever a person? Yeah, George Tarleton, okay. regular scientist, regular dude, just working for AIM. Oh, all right, but that, that hurting torture thing he's talking about was the thing that turned him into MODOK with a C? Yes. I see. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of, like, super soldier chamber, but instead of a physical transformation, it's a mental transformation mm. they don't mm -hmm. care they're not okay. injecting his muscles they're injecting his cranium his brain right they want him mm. the idea is his purpose is to be able to analyze and probe the cosmic cube they want somebody who can see all possibilities has so much mental capabilities that he can understand this device uh this thing called the cosmic cube uh, and, which and what's that well you could think of it um, sort of like the Tesseract. In some cases, it, it, okay. it's referenced as the Tesseract. Um, okay. But this Cosmic Cube is this device that can shape reality and mm -hmm. offers all these crazy possibilities that uh, AIM is using to try to build their goals and take over the world or whatever it is these evil organizations always do. Um, they're, it's try <laughs> they're trying to make themselves more productive. They're but trying they to make everything better for humanity, Steve. Remember that. That's right. That's right. Yes. I've said AIM a few times. That's the advanced idea mechanics. So these mechanics have these advanced ideas that come out sounds of this. Like a, sounds like a uh, Silicon Valley startup. <laughs> well, yeah, it's real exciting science. <laughs> so <laughs> MODOK, um, when, the, when he comes out of the transformation, his head is so gigantic, his body can't support it. Oh I mean, God. it's humongous. It's humongous. If you look at the pictures, it's, he's just basically a giant head. He's a giant head. Right. So A makes him a hover chair. He names it the doomsday chair. 
which is the name of our set, the Doomsday Chair. It hovers, it propels him, it amplifies all his mental powers to the nth degree, but the chair uses up so much power one time when they go to charge it up, they black out all of LA just to charge up his hover chair. So the Doomsday Chair is a powerful device all by itself, and then you add in okay. Modoc's mental abilities on top of it, mm -hmm. and he just becomes this mega brain, right? And that never ends well. Well, with superior mental ability comes superior ambition. So, well, I okay. So I have a question. Yeah. Does does Modoc resent being Modoc? Like it sounds from that quote from the the, the George Tarl Tarleton quote that you read that he does. This was not something he signed up for. He did not sign up for it. Okay. So and I think once he becomes Modoc, he's all into Modoc. But spo okay. spoiler, when we'll get to it, eventually he becomes George Tarleton again. And oh. and he can't uh, even remember most of the things he did when he was Modoc. Well, that's comforting. So I don't think he, you know, he didn't sign up for it. He they they forced him to do it, sort of thing. Right, right. So yeah, it's it, that that part's interesting. But while he is Modoc, he has this super ambition now. He turns on his former masters. He overthrows AIM. He takes control of the the organization, and he becomes Modoc with a K. So mm. designed only for killing now. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. So early on in, in his career, uh, he goes. He comes into conflict with Captain America, Agent Thirteen, and we have her as Captain America's signature ally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agent, yeah she's embedded. She's an embedded spy in AIM, working like she's working for Shield. She's embedded in AIM, and she gets found out. So Captain comes to save her. He, him, and Modok come to blows, and there's a big battle, right? Captain's trying to save Agent 13. Modoc isn't going to let that happen. So he just blows the whole base up. Self-destruct. Everything explodes. Everybody thinks Modoc's dead, but he's not. And uh, they think the cube is destroyed, but it's not. It's actually eventually taken, uh, saved by Red Skull. And Captain and Agent 13 managed to escape the explosion at you know, the last okay. nick of time. Well, well let me be the first to say that's too bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, we have all these massive explosions but they don't seem to serve any purpose. You know, the, 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 those heroes and their, their sidekicks, mm -hmm. they always get yeah. away. Always. Like, always. Always at the last one. I think the yeah. only people that die in that explosion are all the poor saps working at the AIM facility. Yep. Like yeah. the Minions. Yeah. Guys over, plunging the toilet. Bam! It's all gone. After that, MODOK just holds a grudge against Captain America, and it, it just colors all his actions pretty much forever, forever on. He just tangles with Cap as much as he can. He hates him. He kind of forgoes. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, Modoc will end up ignoring other better plans just to mess with Captain America. Can you say that that's a bad thing, though? I mean, you got to have a goal, an right. aim, if you will. Right, and an that, aim. That is admirable. He's, yeah. I he's agree. concentrating. He's, I agree. Yep. You know? Uh, that takes him into a whole bunch of interactions with a Hulk and Namor, Dr. Doom, a bunch of others. So... He ends up just entangled with all these other heroes and villains, and notably too, the other the former leaders of AIM. They try to take AIM back from Modok, the ones that survive. Uh, so Modok loses control of AIM. He takes control back. And it goes back and forth. So it's a constant internal struggle where that that evil of AIM is feeding upon itself. They're they're battling each other instead of uh, dealing with you know Captain America or Shield or whoever it is that they're trying to go after. It does a little harm because AIM's aim is scientific research and they're not able to do it because they're di they're battling with modok or modok's battling with them so there's a ton of stories right i mean it, it's been out a long time the first appearance is in 1967 
in the Tales of Suspense number 93. So we have a lot of years of MODOK. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's been around a long time. So you can imagine the amount of storylines. Sure. In the World War Hulk timeline or storyline, he ends up being – he, as in MODOK, gets turned back into George Tarleton. He's arrested by the U.S. military. He's confined at Gamma Base in Death Valley, and he goes under therapy for the trauma of having been turned into MODOK. He doesn't remember much of it, and he's he suffered from this thing that sure. he had become. Well, does he still have, like, a giant head? No. I or believe- does he turn back into his actual old – Yeah, he's, like, self. back into his regular self, okay. so, yeah. except when very you traumatized. When physical deformity, you kind of you lose a bit of your villainous or almost all Absolutely, right? Yep. So – what, what can this guy do, Steve? What's he known for? So he's got super intelligence. Sure. I would hope with that big brain. Right. His chair gives him super speed. Oh, that's just creepy, actually. Yeah. There's a couple different chairs, too. There's one that hovers. There's one that has legs. There's one that is like a Hulkbuster chair where he tries to take the Hulk on with the chair like a, you know, a, a super suit. Uh, Hulk wins that one. <laughs> he can also shoot like energy projectiles from his mental powers, right? Uh-huh. Telekinesis, telekinetics, and his... Uh, the chair and the headband he wears, they all amplify his power. So you think of a psychic power or psionic power, and he has it. So He's like a mind flayer or something. Cool. Yeah. That's really neat. There are some neat little videos out there. Like he, We see a ton of him in the cartoons and some video games, but we've never seen him in the MCU movies. Why do you think that is? Okay, he's weird looking. Is that it? They, I mean, couldn't get, they couldn't get Patrick Stewart to take the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it fits in. Yeah, we see AIM once in um, the Iron Man movie, not MODOK. You know, it, we, get a, we okay. get a different version of AIM where it's scientific research and that sort of stuff. Okay. AIM as they were meant to be, that kind of thing? I think so, yeah. All right. Well, that's a fascinating story. Moose, do you have any questions? I'm good. Let's go into the cards. Yeah. Not that many different cards in the set. There's six total, but only three unique cards. Maybe that's all it needs. Maybe, including two copies of the uh, side scheme. Modoc's side scheme is appropriately named the Doomsday Chair. It appears to be his chair, although I can't tell from the art where the chair is. It's the chair with legs that uh, Steve was talking about, no, right? Oh, the, like the spider chair. See it. Yeah, this is a spider then, chair, yeah. Machine no. guns or something firing at people. I see it. Brilliant. Um, and then there's something coming on the, out of his chin in this art. What yeah. is that? Does he have a flashlight? Those are his mental energy projectiles. He's shooting one out of his headband, and then the he's amplified, so he's shooting one out of his the bottom his of the chair chin. chin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a chin oh, strap from the, the helmet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, this side scheme, uh, when you put it into play, if Modok is not in play, uh, it brings it it brings him back. Uh, whether he's in the deck or the discard pile, engage with whoever drew the side scheme. Uh, and then, so you, you, I guess the chair always comes with Modoc in it. That makes sense, right? Um, oh. It it has a eight threat, which is quite high, I think, and three boost icons, which are also good. So I, I like seeing this side scheme, and of course, it uh, it accelerates the the card draw as well. Overall, I think great. Uh, making it a hazard may have been. I don't know. Maybe maybe the way it's designed is just fine. Mm. It's it's a pretty powerful side scheme. Not going to go away that quick. Although well, Miss Marvel can make short work of it. I, I This is a crazy one in terms of scaling because if you're playing Doomsday Chair solo, yeah, you're, this you're is still eight, right? Yep. And there's yeah. two of them. 
there is two of them. I forgot to mention that they could both be in play because they're not unique. They're so not. I don't know how, and how that works thematically. Maybe as a spare chair somewhere. I think that's why it has the acceleration token, so it'd always be worth something, right? So, because you could take this one, pull out Modoc, kill him, and then it, this thing is kind of done. So it's got to have something. And then, yeah, it's just, is there something that speaks to his relentless nature or something, Steve, in the in his story? Uh, maybe. Like, why would there be two of this? Uh, I mean, kind of keeps coming around. He's got multiple versions of the chairs. There's a we see him in a hover chair a whole lot. Then he's got his leg yeah. chair. But mm -hmm. he is battling aim a lot. Then he's battling the heroes. I mean, he does go after Captain America a lot. It seems like. Okay. So maybe okay. maybe that's a little bit of it. Um, okay. They also maybe said, "All right, let's really get him out if we're gonna play with him." So let's put two of these in. So what do you guys think of the lack of scaling in this card? I mean, as a villain, of course, I applaud the static eight because if any one of those stupid heroes tries to thwart me alone, they're doomed. They are. Like, but on the on the flip side, if there's four of them, it's not going to sure. go around very much. I, Maybe this should be the scaling of everything in this game. It, it's Maybe. A, it's interesting. It, so, is, yeah. I can't tell. I can't tell why certain side schemes have scaling and why some don't. There's probably yeah. s we we looked at bomb scare at one point, right? It, a much yep. a much easier encounter set. Bomb scare starts with two on it, plus one per player. So in okay, a, in a single. Single player game, it's only a three compared to this eight. And a four player game, was it a six? So it's still yeah. less. It's still less than this. So that, yeah. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that things should be easier, kind of, if you're in a group of four. But this is, I mean, I guess you just don't put this in if you're playing solo, right? Yeah. Like, or if you, or if you sort of don't care about the acceleration token and or Modoc, who we'll get to in a second. But like, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I guess this is why it's it is the hardest leveled thing in the core, right? Yeah, I like that it's a little yeah, different. At least not every card yeah. is the same. The the interesting, the really interesting thing about this is, I think this is the one that they tell you to use in the the hero challenge. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, if you're going to do this with a hero challenge level three, and you're going to try to solo it, I mean, that's why I was thinking, you know, you're, that's you're done. that's a sledgehammer. I don't know how anybody can beat it unless they get some super lucky. But even that, with that, I mean, we should we should try it uh, before we diss it too much. I mean, but, solo is always uh, hard. Solo is always hard, but you know, putting this into a heroic challenge <laughs> as a solo player, you're gonna struggle without heroic level at mm -hmm. that at that level. So I think we've yes, said you will. That we're gonna say about this. It's a, it's a good card yeah. from a villain's perspective. It's it's oh. good. I would have liked to see a little more if there were more vil uh, villains, more heroes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because I, I think as good as it is, if there's a four-player game, most of this is going to just bring Modok back, which is not bad. Which is not bad, uh, which yeah, we'll see. But it's, it's not going to stick around. Yeah, in the side scheme I mentioned earlier in the issue, both of these came out on us at the same time. And, well, they bring out Modok, so let me do Modok here. Modok is a unique minion with a two scheme, two attack, the cyborg and elite trait, eight hit points, and two boost icons, and he has the ability retaliate two. After this character's attack, deal two damage to the attacking character. Wow. Yeah. Is this the highest retaliate in the game? I think I so. I think so, right? yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there's some cards that give some of the villains retaliate one, and Black Panther has retaliate, and Captain America has retaliate one, but at least... No, that's... Yeah, two's a lot. And it's no joke, because he has eight hit points. No, this guy... And and to keep seeing him over and over... Yeah. uh, Yeah. Wow. He is no chump. Nope. And, of course, he's protected by anyone with guard. If you're playing our rules, who should be? Yeah. Yeah, and then you you manage to... to, if the heroes come after him, their best bet to come after Modok is with like a supersonic punch or a souped up lightning strike, something that they can hit him just once. Sure. But attacking Modok with your minions is going to just take your minions out. Absolutely. Right? He's just gonna he's just gonna wreck minions. So or oh, I'm sorry, this, allies. Um, unless they're tough. Unless they're tough. Right? Am I wrong well, about that? Yeah, but it's only... Do they take the consequential damage first, or do they take the retaliate? Consequential is the last thing you do. So they get retaliated against first, yeah. Yeah, but only so... Luke Cage. It's not a lot of tough. Yeah. Here, so here's <laughs> the true beauty of MODOK. It's that to hit him in one punch means you are draining the heroes of their best cards that they are not spending on the villain. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the guy keeps coming back. Yeah. So, like... You can't really leave Modok around, I don't think. His scheme's too high, his attack's too high. Like, well, is it is the cost of taking him out really worth it, or do you just decide, well, I'm just going to deal with the scheming and the attacking mm. because that's going to be cheaper for me in the long run, especially then if I if he's not in the discard pile, he's not going to come back when his chair's out, right? So why bother? Just leave him there. Let him do his thing. It's two. It's it's not one, but it's not that high. You could. I I think in the one game we played with this, we just left him. Didn't touch him. He just sat there and did a little scheming and a little attack, and that was it. That might be a, actually the optimal strategy to deal with him if you were a a, a meddling a hero. coward. Yes. Yeah. Just don't touch him because it, his thing's too much. Yeah. Huh. I, I mean, yeah. You, so every turn the heroes are gonna. That scheme's going up by two, or they're somebody's yeah. taking two extra damage. That's right, but it's it's not worth trying to spend all the resources to get rid of him. Take the two damage, right? Maybe more than that. So just let him let him sting you a little bit every turn. It, it he doesn't. So are you saying damage. are you saying Mustafa that the core set's lead minion is really actually not all that big of a deal? If if you approach it right as the heroes. He'll just sit in front of someone ending them for two every turn for a scheme. Uh, and the heroes will just not touch him. Possibly. And because you're absolutely right. Why spend, you know, your swinging lead kick or whatever it's called? Well, Rhino level um, three only has 16 hit points per player himself. So in a solo game, Modok has half the amount of health that Rhino three has. Right. And so what you want to do is save all those big attacks on Rhino, because that's how you win the game. You don't win the game by getting rid of this guy. Yeah. And you know what? Let's let's talk about the final card in the set. There's three copies of this one, and I think it actually might even work to cement the truth of what you're saying, Mustafa. Mm-hmm. This is um, biomechanical upgrades. This is a attachment. It has Surge, which we love, and it reads, attached to the minion with the highest printed hit points and without... Yeah another biomechanical upgrades attached. It is a forced interrupt. When attached minion would be defeated, heal all damage from it instead, 
then discard this card. And it has a single boost set. Yeah. So and generally that it goes on Modoc first, right? Yeah. And then and then really why would you kill him? Yeah. I, I've had this card with a lot of times. It comes up, there's no other minion, there's no minions out. You get to surge yeah. and move on. Now, how this could work in our favor, and which would be the best thing for us as villains, would be Modoc's not out, but like guard people are. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, because well, I even even if Modoc's out, if the heroes are doing what I think they should be doing, once one attaches to Modoc, then the other two will go to someone else. Right. So they'll do their thing in in any case. They'll keep people around. Yeah. Um. And with the surge, it it's just moving right along towards those acceleration tokens. Yeah, the only weak thing is the one boost icon, but I'm not going to quibble too much. This is a very good card for us. It brings out another card. It has a real effect. Mm -hmm. it's very painful when it attaches to attaches to Modoc, but still going to be painful when it just attaches to someone else, like you know one of the other kind of elite guys in, that are in, in someone else's deck. I almost Even think it'd be worse doing... against the Hydra Guard or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, some guard, yeah. yeah, because yeah, they're going to last a lot longer than... You're not going to be able to get rid of them in one go. So, yeah, I think these are these are probably go, go well together with all these other cards in this set. Right. To make it, I think, yep. deservedly the, the hardest set and the, in our arsenal. The best, I mean. Yeah, it's exciting. It's good. And I like and I like Modoc and I especially like him more now, Steve, after that backstory. Thank you. You're welcome. That was fantastic. Yeah, and I guess what we could say is that if, if people are looking for a challenge, I don't see this set being played that much my circle, because we're either playing with people who are new or, you know, under the age yep. of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. or we're we're playing some new villain and you don't wanna mm. You don't want to put put them in uh, put Modoc in on the first game. I think I've only played with this once or twice. Right. Uh, this could be another way to increase the challenge level. I think that's what the designers are signaling when they say, you know, here's your challenge: try expert claw with Modoc. I think this is a wrap. I will. How do you get a hold of us, Miss? You get a hold of us by emailing us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We're also critical encounters on Facebook. You can find this podcast at criticalencounters.libsyn.com We're also available on Discord as Verdine, Big Fomlove, and The Truth. Take us out, Steve. You should have stayed hidden under the rock you crawled out from.